This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. Is 2001 the best movie of all time? <sighs> Probably not. And Willis. Yeah, I, I think kind of what I'm saying is coming across, I hope, a little bit. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. What is going on, everyone? We are... No, we're not back. We're here. We are here here. (laughs) for another episode of Pixel Splitters. I got to get out of the habit of saying (laughs) we're back. Um, We got some interesting stuff to talk about this week, guys. Uh, Yes. As some of you may know, and as a lot of you probably don't know, um, the Sight & Sound Top 100 list has been uh, re-upped for another decade because they do it every 2022 yes for 2022 and so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the additions subtractions and what we think of the whole you know sight and sound top 100 list as a whole because it's very interesting we are then going to talk about trailers and whether or not they're good for movies bad for movies if they should tone it back a little bit do a little more marketing for movies i think there's no blanket statement on whether or not this is good or bad but we're going to discuss a lot lot of that stuff um And then we're going to wrap it all up with a conversation about movie reviews and specifically movie critics who have started to, and I think this has just been going on forever, but have really started to. started to. Yeah. It's become more apparent and more out in front that they're. Elevated, yeah. Yeah, elevated that they're saying movies are either bad or good. And as we both know, that's not really possible because it's art. Nothing can be bad. Nothing can be good. And there's a very clear line. This is a bad movie. So we're going to talk about that because I have some thoughts um yeah but before we get into all that let me go over the weekly releases with you all because we have it's a big here. one we've got a it's big here. one <laughs> darren aronofsky's the whale is coming out december 9th uh in theaters starring sadie sink and brendan Fraser. and i think hong chow is in this this is a big movie um mm-hmm. and it's aronofsky which i'm very hot and cold on i think he's got some amazing movies i think he's got some deeply unwatchable he's, he's movies very <laughs> hot and cold yeah yeah um but i think I, i'm very ready for the fraser sans you know i think he deserves yeah. it so i'm yeah. here for it um we've also we've also got something in the complete opposite direction spoiler alert which is michael showalter's new rom-com starring jim parsons and sally field um this looks pretty good, honestly, as far as rom-coms go. I've seen the trailer a hundred yeah. times. It's very much in the... I'm glad that they're making rom-coms f- like about gay people, too, because I'm like, that's a yeah. huge demographic, and it's like, does it really change that much about what I feel about the movie? No. Like, <laughs> it's a love story. Let's just tell a love story. Yeah. So, um, looks pretty funny. I don't know. Michael yeah. Showalter, like him. It'll be interesting to see, like where that lands because i like i look at that and i'm like it looks like it could be really good and i i really trust the the filmmakers in there yeah uh but also i'm like this could very easily slide into a um hallmarky kind of i know it has similar beats to like a hallmark movie and i'm like yeah but i mean that's i have faith and that's the trailer so who not like you know who knows we'll (laughs) yeah talk about that um for streaming we've got a couple things Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is hitting Netflix on the 9th, which I'm actually really excited for. I've heard that this movie I'm is sensational. I'm super excited for this. Yeah. <laughs> this I will be Toro. pressing play for this on the 9th. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Cuz yeah. You and McGregor as the as uh who, someone in it, right? The, the 
<laughs> He's somebody. Oh my God, what's his name? Jiminy Cricket. Yes, yes, yes. God. Yeah. Lord, All I had was bad. Geppetto, which is also accurate, but like. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's really all that's coming for streaming movies for shows. We got his dark materials coming back for season three actually already happened on the fifth. Uh, then we have doom patrol coming back for season four. I, I didn't, I thought maybe this was one that got scrapped. I don't know. I thought that this show had been scrapped. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. This show, this is a really weird, I like, I'm really impressed that this show is still going. It's it's good. Yeah. Like I've watched the first two seasons of this, I think, and it's really good. Yeah. It feels weirdly low budget, Ooh. but it's like it's not. But like it like there there be characters. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's like it feels like there's no like front and center, like classic superpowers kind of thing. Right. Um, But yeah, still going. Yeah. Rock and roll. Season four. Brendan Fraser again. Come on, let's go. The Fraser Sance is happening now, guys. Um, so yeah, that's what's coming this week. A lot of stuff kind of all over the board. And without further ado, let's hop into this episode. So, so the Sight and Sound Top 100 list. Did you know about this before 2022? <laughs> no. <laughs> Neither did I. I honestly, I didn't know. I saw... It's weird because I first started seeing things about this on Letterboxd and people being like, oh, my God, the sight and sound thing, sight and sound thing. And yeah. like for a while being like, what is this? Yeah. What is this list? I don't like I had my initial reaction was like, oh, I don't care. It's some dude making a list on Letterboxd or whatever, you know. Um, but no, I guess this is kind <laughs> of a big deal. Yes, definitely a big deal. So. For those of you who don't know, and again, this up until a couple days ago, I was one of you. So um, Sight and Sound is a British film magazine. I believe it's a monthly edition published by BFI, which is the British Film Institute. Um, And every decade, starting, uh, I believe, at 1952, they do a top 100 most important films in film history list. And they break that up between both filmmakers, which is only more of a recent kind of thing. And, but before it was Mm -hmm. just film critics that they just pull a bunch of people, gather all the votes and come up with this master list of the most, the best and most important movies of the, of all time. It just so happens 2022. It's, It's right in that. It's right in that range. So of course they had to do another one. Um, this is way more intensive than I thought it was. Like the amount of people is, that participate, it's like every yeah. critic and every film, like it's real, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I think they said something. It was like 1300, uh, critics mm-hmm. thereabouts yep. that contribute their top 10 lists. Yeah. So you make a top 10 list and then that is sort of broken out down, like expanded out into the, the top 100 based on points or whatever. Um, right, right. And then for for directors, they expanded it from 108 to 358 to, in 2012, and now it's 480 yes. filmmakers internationally, um, which is like there's a lot of filmmakers, and they choose like yeah, I don't know how they choose the filmmakers, but it's the this sounds terrible, but it's the important ones, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> in my opinion. Um, yeah, well, there's definitely like a necessary exclusivity to this. Sure. Justice League is not on here at all. Oh, like Snyder didn't get his you know, vote. Ugh. I know. Um, but like, I appreciate that because yeah, I, in my experience, like the general public is not the best for choosing 
quality film. Yes, yes. And which is why they also, so like the film critics are like real film critics. Yes. Like- so <laughs> to, to the point, like I would say, I would say a majority of this list I haven't even heard of. I don't know if that like hits a 50-50 kind of thing. Right. But I have, oh, okay, maybe it's a little more than a majority I've heard of. Heard of. Yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah. I have seen 34 of these. So like I'm at the, like I've seen a third of these. Yeah, same. Which is 30. like not great. But for people who are like, <laughs> like oh, I'm like kind cinema. of embarrassed here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And in the top 10, I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. I've seen yeah. probably two. I've seen one, two, one, two three, four, five. Okay, I've seen no, six I, of the top 10. I've seen six as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these I'm like, I have never heard of. And like, arguably, some of them are not that old. And I arguably should have heard of them. Right. You know, like. I will say a majority of these are from the 50s and 60s. Yes. Which is something we can talk about in a minute. But yep. there are ones from like the 2000s yeah. that I was like, what is this movie? Yeah. Uh, number 97 is Tropical Malady from 2004. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and not that I like have some huge knowledge base of film, but like. Better than most. I'd I like to say. think I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, there in some capacity. People. Yeah, um, for sure. So this, I will say this list is humbling <laughs> for me, at least. Yeah, for sure for me as well, um, especially because I didn't know it existed. And apparently this is one of the most important and one yeah. of the most, um, not accurate, but the one, one of those lists that people actually will go out of their way to reference and being like, well, it made sure. the list, you know. It was on the sight and sound list, yeah. Right, right. Um, which is... A, it's apparently a huge deal, which which makes a lot of sense. Now, it's interesting because they do break it up into the critics list and the director's list, which are different. Different. Um, actually, kind of fairly different, honestly, uh, in a lot of different ways. And it's pretty... Well, let me ask you this. Which one do you think is more, quote-unquote, important to the industry of cinema? Like the critics list or the director's list? Because... Like, director's list, number one, is 2001 A Space Odyssey, which yeah. just unseated Citizen Kane, I think, this this decade. Yeah. Uh, which I'm like, Citizen Kane, it almost feels like a parody. It's like, Citizen Kane, best movie of all time, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost cliche at this point. Right. That's tough to say, because looking through, well, it's... We'll put a caveat or an asterisk on everything we're about to say here because, yeah. like, <laughs> oh, you know, I haven't seen a lot of these movies. Yeah. But uh, I feel like the director one is more of the ones that you classically hear about being great yes. movies. Yes. Like La Dolce Vita, like uh, Passion of Jonah Arc, like Goodfellas, like right. Raging Bull. Yep. Um you know, as opposed to more obscure kind of things that are lesser known, which I think makes sense in that, like, directors, like, make movies and have their influences and, and sure. that kind of thing. Whereas critics, by definition, their job is to sort of consume as much as possible. Right. So, like, they're thought that, like, they're going to be bringing more 
baseline films to the table. Yes. Um, but man, I'm like, I want to, I want to say the answer is the director one, just so I feel better about myself of like, oh yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> I've seen, seen these you know, movies. <laughs> this. Yeah. Uh, like, but there are also ones that I'm like, yeah, is that in the top 100 of all time? I suppose, you know, I know, I know. And it's really interesting because, you know, when you look at it, when you, when it comes to the critics list, I believe there are nine movies from past 2000 that are included. Um, yeah. That some of them are as recent as 2019. Like Get Out was 2017, I believe. That is number, mm -hmm. I believe that's either 100 or I think that was 90s. 100, yeah. Yeah. But then you also have like right in the mid-range, you have like Portrait of a Lady on Fire and mm -hmm. you have Parasite. and Number you have, 30. Yeah. yeah. Um, Moonlight is on there as well, which. Parasite number 90. Yes. Uh, Moonlight number 61. Oh, that's crazy. Um, which honestly led to a lot of discourse online about what should and should not be considered for these things. And people, you know, calling these movies out being like, they're not as important. And it's like, you know, I get if you don't like Get Out. I don't really get it, but like, okay, you know, that's your <laughs> opinion. But to say that it's not important, like there's there's well, something that goes further than just it being a good movie or a bad movie, you know? And there's something to be said for like, why is it so universally believed that the 50s and 60s were the golden age for cinema? Like, yeah, you know, there's sure. I, I mean, and I'm sure that you could write book upon book upon book about that sentence. But yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, like there it was a lot of great stuff that came out as cinema was finding its language. And I, like, you can't discount that. Like, you know, what are we going to be saying in 2080? You know, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, like all the good movies came out and then it dropped off and then there's nothing. There's like, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I, like, here's the other thing I, I'll bring up to this. Yeah. And this is what I've kind of been struggling with since this came out. I don't think I'd ever get through this full list. Tall task. I'm like looking at I'm looking at this and I'm going, these are the movies that like by 100 percent. I'm supposed to be like, these are fantastic movies. Right. You take out all of the variation and all of the like, you know, whatever to it. Mm -hmm. These are all the nuance to it. Uh, these are the best movies ever. Yes. As agreed upon by those who tell us what movies are good movies. Exactly. I don't think I'd get through this full list. I think it's helping me kind of define my taste as yeah. something that's like classic film but also much more engaged in pop culture yes you know um because you know a movie i don't know, like a japanese movie from 1956 or something like that is like gonna be a lift for me to hit play on yes and like there's a level to which i'm embarrassed by that <laughs> but also there's a level to which i'm like not gonna be embarrassed by that because i live in 2022 in the United States and like consume pop culture Hollywood movies on a regular basis. Right. Um, so it's weird. It's a very weird list to be put in front of me, especially because Letterboxd is like, you've watched 25 of <laughs> the most know, important movies, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, damn. Calling Thanks, me out. But My God. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's very strange. It is strange because I, I agree with you in a lot of ways. I mean, and, and the thing is, like, to be very clear, we're not saying that we don't respect these movies and what they've done. No, no, not at all. It's just yeah. like 
some of them just aren't going to be my thing and I won't get as much of enjoyment out of it as someone like Scorsese who is like he just he grew up with a lot of these movies going back and, yeah. and like those are the movies and then you know you, you look at the director's list and you're like I understand because you guys I can see the influence in your work on a lot mm-hmm. of these pictures especially when we get to movies from like David Lynch and stuff it's like I very clearly I can see and um, Scorsese where you're like going all the way back to like Kurosawa you're like I can see influence sure. going back um, but it is just it's it's a hard thing to pull the trigger on and not every movie is going to be liked by everyone and that's fine. Like I think it makes people feel like, Oh, if I don't like this random movie from 1948, um, that has nothing to do with me and it's just not something that I'm going to gravitate towards. It's like, you don't have to feel bad about that because you're not saying it's shit. You're just saying like, maybe it's not for me and that's okay. Like, yeah. These lists aren't like, it's a- perfectly fine to not, not to specifically call it, but it's perfectly fine to not be aware of the spirit of the beehive from 1973. Right. You know, like if you know it and you love it, great, but like, you don't have to like point out. I love that. We're just like <laughs> being like, it's cool guys. Like don't freak out and see all these. <laughs> Yeah. Like movies. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But it like it is. I'm like, I appreciate all of these films on here. For and sure. like I absolutely believe that every single one of these is an absolutely brilliant movie. Yeah. Like there's too many on here that I know that are like top tier brilliant that I'm like, well, the one I haven't seen is probably crap. Like I'm not gonna No. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. <laughs> but like the ones that I have seen. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can frame it like this. And this will be the one that I have, the ones that I have seen. I also have a, an experience around seeing them with. Sure. And that, like, I remember the first time I saw The Godfather, or I remember yeah. watching Eight and a Half on a Netflix TV. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, like, I, I feel like I'm not going to push through this list to be able to say I've seen all of these movies, like, just to go through the list. Yeah. I would rather they like, you know, I would rather be like, oh, you know what? Oh, North by Northwest. I haven't gone on a Hitchcock like run in a long time. Like, let me do that. And then I'll find my way to like, yeah, you know, well, there aren't, there aren't really Hitchcock movies on here that I haven't seen. I was going to say most of um, them you should, you probably have seen. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like that's, you, you get what I'm saying yeah. where it's like, there's yeah. like, I want to come more organically than this is. These are the good movies. Watch these movies. Right. Let me make my way through this. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, there are many Kurosawa movies that I've never seen and might never see just because it's not necessarily my thing. But you're right. I mean, I have a very vivid memory of seeing, like, I'm trying to think, like, The 400 Blows, like, in school or, like, Meshes in Mm -hmm. the Afternoon. Like, there are movies that I can remember seeing and that I might not go back to again you know, because yeah. it's just, I, I, I appreciate it, but it's not really something that I find enjoyment watching. And I would yeah. say most of these directors are probably not like, yeah, I'm firing up like Unchien on Delu just because and like, <laughs> let's check it out, you know? Yeah. Maybe some of them are, but it's it's very much like influence and like what it brought to the table in terms of cinema history. Um, yeah. You know, like I've seen Battleship Potemkin, like I don't know how many times. Will I go back to it? <laughs> Probably not. I, I, I understand and I appreciate and I respect every single thing that, that movie did. Yeah. It's a little, sl- it's a bit of a slog when you get down to it. Um, 
So yeah, I agree. And it's, it's really interesting to see these movies, especially when you have filmmakers that are way more contemporary that are adding to these lists. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. so this is just a true filmmakers like these movies you know and maybe they're not yeah. they're, maybe they're not voting with their gut maybe they're just voting you're with talking like, the the director list? the director list specifically yeah. maybe they're going with like oh well you know vertigo and uh you know like they're going through the ones yeah. that everyone should know because i saw a couple lists and i'm like do you really think those are the greatest movies of all time because like they might be, but they're very yeah. formulaic on what you should be saying. Well, and there, there's definitely, and we've touched on this a couple times in this, on this pod, but there is definitely, like, especially with film, a pressure to say, I really love something. Yeah. So that you will be taken more seriously as a filmmaker or as, like, a um, consu- a film connoisseur. You know, there, there's. I, I think I was touching on it. Yeah, I'm bringing this in. I, when I talked on, uh, tuned in about baby assassins. <laughs> yeah, there was like a little bit of me that's like, I kind of like like that. I like this movie because I feel more worldly, being like, oh, I really like this Japanese movie. Yeah, um, which is like fine. Sure, you know, like sure, but like you don't have to. I like we shouldn't feel pressure to be like you know I only watch, uh, the searchers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's that's the only Western and all quiet on the Western front. Like those are the only good Westerns. And I'm like, you know, OK, you can have fun with this stuff, too. It doesn't just have to be like, I don't know. I'm I'm rambling here. I've I've gone off the deep end. But yeah, I, I get I you think kind of what I'm saying is coming across, I hope, a little bit for sure. I mean, there again, like you have movies like Get Out on the critics list where you're like, that's just a good movie. Moonlight, that's yeah. just Parasite is like maybe the best example of you're like, this is weird. What is this teaching us about film history? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Will this movie be remembered in 50 years? Who knows? But it's just a really good movie. Um, and I think that that's, that's totally okay. It doesn't have to be like this artifact of like, oh my God, the first yeah. time they ever did this is, you know, that has to be. Like, no, I don't think all those movies are 100% successful. I think that they brought something to the table and that's fine. You know? Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's like, oh, you know, we have to say these 10 movies are the best. It's like the, the, the best is already like a completely well, inaccurate, you know, kind yeah, of Yeah, like you said at the top, it's art. Like it can be anything. Yeah. Your interpretation is what you make of it. And it's either up or down and like no one can tell you that you're wrong because it's interpretive. Right. Is 2001 the best yeah. movie of all time? Probably not. I mean, it's, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like everyone just decided that this was the best movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But, you know, there's somebody out there that would watch Herbie Fully Loaded yeah. way before 2001. I don't know why that's the movie. That they. Um, sentient AI, like. <laughs> versus sentient car? VW. <laughs> oh, um, Lord. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. Check out this list. It's very, check out both lists. Very interesting. Run through it. And there are good, like, obviously these are all amazing movies. So like, check them out, see what you've seen, see what you have. And there are definitely some that I've added to my watch list being like, oh yeah, it's in the top four. I got to watch this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and there are a couple on there that I'm like, oh, I I can't believe I haven't seen that movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little embarrassing. (laughs) A little bit, a little bit, but no, damn it. There should be no embarrassment. Off the top of my head. It's okay. Yeah, there should not be. An embarrassment. Yeah, exactly. 
I got to check out Beau Travai, the Claire Denis movie. I, I don't really watch Claire Denis that much, but I need to, people are always like, oh my God, she's just fantastic. So I need to watch that movie. Um, yeah. Speaking of not, not, wait, how do I say this? Speaking I of, I don't know. I was something along the lines of formulating your own opinions without having people influence them influence by them. other external influence yeah by putting things a line in the sand that was a super convoluted convoluted (laughs) way of going about it but movie trailers i think this has been a topic of discussion for us and a lot of people as to whether or not they're really helping or like taking away from not just a movie going experience but maybe people going to see the movie altogether because right now is a kind of a weird position in time for movie trailers because sometimes you get exactly smack dab what this movie is going to be yeah and a lot of times you get absolutely nothing like what the movie is going to be and it's almost baiting you into seeing this being like oh it's a you know this kind of movie and then you walk walk out and you're like oh okay that (laughs) that was barbarian i I really didn't think yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah let me pose this question yes how much does a movie trailer influence you on whether or not you want to actually see a movie versus just a synopsis or who's involved making it? So I've been struggling with this whole concept uh, for the past day or so. Yeah. Because I consume a lot of trailers. I love trailers. You send me a trailer like every day. Every day. Like, <laughs> I, you know, and it's like I work from home and like whenever I take a break, I like pop open youtube and if there's a new trailer there that's what i'm clicking half of my youtube recommendations are trailers you know so much so that sometimes it throws me old trailers and i get confused and i get all excited and then it's like oh no this was from 2015 yeah i could watch this right now right i really like trailers i will say it's more satisfying when i see a trailer for something that i'm expecting sure you know like the fablemans or like you know, um, whenever we do get a Killers of the Flower Moon trailer, Ooh, it's yeah. like a highly anticipated kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like, I know a lot about those. Um, and I know a lot about a lot of these trailers. Uh, so I would say what I, I'll, I'll go here. I will say what I tend to pull from trailers is tone and performance. Mm. Mm. And story to a degree, although I, I I don't know how much I'm actually going like, yeah, this is like, I don't know how much I ever believe like this is what the story is going to be. Right, right. Um, from which is, a, you know, I think kind of one of the big things we want to talk about here. But yeah, yeah. It's more satisfying when it's coming off of something that I'm expecting. But also like if it's not, I am fine with a trailer being my first interaction with a film. Mm. Okay. But sometimes, but like, how do I put it? Like, I'm fine with it being my first interaction with a film, but it won't be my only interaction with a film before going to see it. Right. Yeah. Well, because you're going to be like, okay, who is this directed by? Who's in it? Like, what's what's generally going on here? Yeah. And I'm going to connect it like, you know, if a trailer for Killers of the Flower Moon comes out, I'm going to be like, oh, there's Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, there's... uh, Robert De Niro, there's Jesse Plummer. Like, yeah. Those are the tie-ins, and so it's like it expands in my mind. Right. Um, what about you? Where do you land on trailers? You know, I love watching trailers, but I don't know that I put too much weight into them because mm-hmm. 
you know, like we were just talking about, like it's, it's not that I've been burned by trailers, but you really have to take what you're getting with a grain of salt most every time, depending on who the filmmaker is. Like if you're watching a Jordan Peele yeah. trailer, you can bet your ass that this is going to give you at least tone. You know, it's not going to give you story because yeah. he doesn't want to do that, but you'll get a sense of what this movie is going to feel like. I think he's got control over that. Yeah. But then you see trailers for like Bullet Train and you're like, that was pretty much the whole movie, you know, and all yeah. of the surprises taken out. And not only that, but you watch the trailer a million times because it plays in front of every single thing. So I almost mm-hmm. tune out and go like, I'll get a sense of the cinematography. I'll be like, this is, I know that it's going to look a certain way, but sure. I've learned that as we're going to get into shortly, like the story is probably, it likely might not be anything like what is being shown. And there are yeah. things that are just marketed a certain way to get butts and seats, which I have a big problem with. Cause once you get butts and seats, I get it. You make that money right off the bat, but if they mm-hmm. hate the movie because they think it's an adventure movie and it turns out to be like a really serious drama, yeah, they're probably not going to like this movie at all. Um, yeah, managing expectations for sure. And I think movies like Men. There's a couple trailers that I'm like, this, this oh, straight up horror. It's like uh, you get to the end of Men, and I'm like, I, I would not be shocked if people walked out of the theater. Like it's that weird. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll talk about the Fablemans a little bit and Armageddon Time specifically because that trailer is a is a fraction of what that movie is about. It, it's played as like, I mean, I read the article that we read. It's like, oh, it's played as like sure. a Green Book-esque story. And it's really not, you know, it's not this like yeah. feel good. Oh, okay, you know, this is somebody helping somebody. It's like, it's it's really about someone dealing with guilt about how they acted when they were a child and like maybe they should have done stuff like it's a very nuanced thing and trailers just can't capture that all and people think that they do they're like oh this is the movie it's like yeah but no you know yeah so yeah so the thing to sort of unpack here is well first we can take things like like jordan peele movies and like certain other things yeah and i don't really know where this line is because i want to say like top tier stuff yeah is going to be kind of like that but also we're talking about the fablemans which is a steven spielberg movie which like doesn't get much right. top tier earth and like how so do you, like yeah i don't know where this line is but there's a certain level of filmmaker that's gonna keep control over their trailer release for sure you know, and I again, I don't know where that line is. So, like, I feel like not talking about that because that is trailers done right. Yep. Like, yep. There's we've all seen the like the perfect trailer. It's like, oh my yeah. god, that's like doesn't tell me anything about the story. I get exactly what it's going to feel like. Yes. Like great performance, promise. Like you know. Mm-hmm. So, but that's not what we're talking about. What nope. we're talking about is when there's. A movie that's coming out that's slightly outside of what's in the general public's palette, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and studios take that opportunity to try and shoehorn the film into something that will be acceptable and get, like you said, get people, get butts in seats. Yeah. Um, which I think has really become the goal of every trailer now, which like, I guess it's always kind of been the goal of every trailer is to get people to see the movie. Sure. 
it's marketing material. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. But now more than ever. We've, got, <laughs> like, we've gotten to a point where it's like, well, but like we don't have to really stay with the, there's like a, like a level of, like there's like an ethical dilemma almost built ooh. in there of like how far away from this, how far away from what's a proper trailer experience can we go without upsetting? And which is, I think what we're talking about of right. like, yeah, this is an entirely different story. This is nothing like what this movie is. Yep. That's a little bit more like, well, we're getting away from what's the spirit of like a trailer. Um, right. To sell tickets. Yes. Which you could expand that out to like a whole, like what the fuck is going <laughs> on in like culture in the world today of, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to continue that sentence without turning into grumpy old man yells at cloud. So no, I, I, I get what you're saying. And you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause I think that like, as we continue on, especially with the more prestigious films, I'll be interested to see like, what's Babylon like? Like I have no yeah. idea who know who knows really because like I in the article they talked about bones and all and I'm like they didn't really say this was about cannibals you know and they 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 yeah. don't make it very clear about what this is like oh maybe a little gothic horror a little bit like of a darker drama but you know if you walk into that movie based off the trailer you're probably like oh within the first ten minutes like this is horror like this is a scary disgusting yeah. movie um and in that case it's like that doesn't like yes, immediately you make that, but they're not going to tell anybody else to go see it, you know. And it's like, well, <laughs> but your your assumption there is that that turn that it's a cannibal thing, yeah, is a negative experience. Sure, and it might not be. You know, like that's like I I think of um, from dusk till dawn, which you know doesn't tell anybody that it's a vampire movie and then vampires show up and you're like oh shit right um which is like a really interesting experience kind of thing and it's it's one of those like it's interesting and this can tie into what we're going to talk about in a little bit but like it's almost like a binary reaction of like either you're going to go in and if if what you're expecting is not aligned with what it is yeah you're either going to be for it or against it. Right. You're not going to be like, oh, weird. Okay. Right. You know, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> like, it's going to be like, oh, cannibals. Oh, dope. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Vampires are showing up. What the hell? Sick. That's awesome. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but like, in that same vein, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's runs the risk. And that's the line that, that has to be walked of, how far away can we get before people go, what What the fuck is this bullshit, and walk out? For sure. And I think back to like when Hitchcock was making films and like specifically the trailer for Psycho, which is just a classic, like just an yeah. amazing trailer where he's just going through everything. That is exact, like he is, there are no, like this, the plot obviously is a surprise, but there are no surprises when it comes to tone. Like you get yeah. what is going to happen here. Um, and... In a way, I'm like, I get it. If you want to make a trailer that's ambiguous so you catch everybody and the people that like it like it and the people that don't, doesn't matter. They already gave you money. Yeah. But is it not more effective to just show people what they want right off the bat? Because if you're making just a blanket like, oh, this is a kind of down the middle type of movie, 
you might not catch those people who are like, I want to go see a cannibal love story movie or I want to go see, you know, like a really intense movie about growing up with Armageddon time. You know, it's, so uh, there is no answer. Who knows? It's probably, they've done the calculation being like, oh, just catch all, do it all, you know, but it's weird to me. I'm like, would you not want your audience to be like, yes, this is exactly what I came here for. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. It's interesting. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Could you exist in a world where there were no trailers whatsoever? Where you had to go into every movie completely cold? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, only because I... A lot of times trailers will turn me off. Like there's rarely mm-hmm. a time where I see a trailer and I'm like, this has made me want to see the movie. You know, I because we mm-hmm. learn about movies way in advance. It's not like sure. this thing where, it's, oh, it just dro- sometimes it just drops and you're like, whoa. But a lot of times I'm like, I look at who's involved. I look at who's acting, who's directing, who does the cinematography, what the story is going to be like. And I'll make my decision off that. Like it could be the greatest trailer of all time. And I still might be like, well... Who knows? I think I could do it. I don't know. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, I don't think I, I could. I have had, mm. I have definitely had trailers completely turn me off of a movie, yeah. but I've definitely had trailers sell a movie for me. Sure. And that sale is not always like, doesn't always deliver. Sure. <laughs> I don't know why, but like the Fast and the Furious franchise like comes to mind uh. where I'm like, I, you know, I, was like hyped for the the Fast Nine trailer, and I was like watching. I was like, I'm gonna watch the shit out of this movie, and then I watched this movie, and it was terrible. It was garbage. I, was like, I don't know why I just <laughs> did that. Two and a half hours later, you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, there were cars. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so like, I don't know. It's it's interesting talking to you because I think you and I have very different relationships with trailers. Yeah. So I guess I'll stop sending you them all the time. No, please keep sending uh, <laughs> me them. I, I like seeing them. It's just I I try. But like and that's base, the kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I I would never like. I am much less likely to hit play on something or to go to a theater and see something if I haven't seen something from it. Interesting. You know, like it on paper isn't enough to sell me. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I'm like. And maybe that's the like the the cinematographer in me of going like I need to like have a visual of what this is going to be like and yeah. like to go back to um, bones and all I can say that I we talked about this on tuned in I'm a little intrigued by this movie yeah um, I think you've talked me out of it in that it, like the gore would kind of probably not work for me but if there was a lot of gore in that trailer i'd have, You'd have been like nah canceled no. right away yeah um i think you should still watch it just that as an off side <laughs> i think you should it's a really good movie <laughs> well the interesting thing too is like i don't know there's a lot to to come to unpack on this yeah um, <laughs> and i don't want to just like keep keep talking about it but i'm thinking about like a24 movies yeah and a24 trailers and i kind of just like it's hit a point where with a 24 movies, if I see that I'm kind of like, I'm not even gonna watch this trailer. Yeah. Because like a 24 movies for the most part, don't fit in my like taste pantheon. Yeah. Sure. Whatever that term means. <laughs> sure. Uh, 
So like, you know, I'm like, okay, like I'll watch this. I'll be a little intrigued by it. And then inevitably there's going to be the like, but also it's murdering people. And I'm like, so it's a hardcore horror Uh, phantasmagoric journey. (laughs) I'm like, great, cool. This interesting (laughs) setup is completely derailed. So like, that's the kind of thing where like I do get into the trailer and then the A24, then the information from beyond the trailer comes into play and it changes the whole experience for me. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I will just to end it on this. I, it's not a blanket statement where I'm like, Oh, trailers like don't ever, like I never want to see them. It's more of just like a, I try not to base my expectation off of that just because I know how much manipulation goes on. And so I'm like, well, bullet train, the trailer sucks, but like, I still, I still need to see this movie, you know, maybe it's not going to be, you know, what I think it is. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's, it's weird. I mean, trailers. Well, and there's something, (laughs) there's something to be said that like, I think also we are not the target audience for trailers for sure. Like trailers are there to get people who wouldn't necessarily have a a larger sense of what a movie is into the theater for sure. And like into the theater, you know, because if you're not super aware of it, you know, if you're not super aware of a movie, the idea that you're going to spend a lot of time talking about it afterwards, even if it's like not great. Right. Is less so. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like the people that are going to get that a trailer is going to get won't be as loud if they're betrayed by it. Good call. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice, succinct. Yes. End of section. End of segment. And speaking of feeling betrayed by the movie after you've seen it. There you go. Film critics, whether they're professional or not, I don't even know what the, how you classify yourself as a professional film <laughs> Where critic. Where that line is anymore. Yeah, yeah, I mean, anyone on Twitter is a professional film critic, but um, yeah. yeah, recently, you know, obviously with social media and especially with Twitter, it's very, very easy to get your opinions out in the open. And yes. while I don't think, you know, film critics being negative about stuff is anything new. I mean, take Roger Ebert, for example, like back in the day, like yeah. he was roasting movies like constantly. Um, <laughs> yeah. But now it's become so much more prevalent of just you can see all your favorite critics, what they think of a movie right off the bat, whether it's on Letterboxd, whether it's on Twitter. And what I've noticed recently is some critics that I really, really love and I respect are taking this route of just being very black and white about movies that I don't think are black and white. Like there are some inarguably terrible movies. Like there are, they they exist. But when we're getting into Banshees of Inisherin and Tar and like, I get it. Not everybody's going to like these movies, but to say that they're 100% without question, a movie you should not watch Mm-hmm. is something that I don't think is in the spirit of being a film critic. I think it's like you should be trying to get people to watch as many movies as possible. If they hate it, they hate it. If they like it, they like it. But what's the harm of watching it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's just something I've come to the like the conclusion of. Like, I just don't, I don't understand that about film criticism. And some of my favorite podcasters are like, yeah, this movie. It's not like, oh, in my opinion, this is a bad movie. It's like, this is a bad movie, full stop. And I'm like, yeah. That just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know if you've seen that. I know you're not very active on Twitter, but sure. No, I mean, I like I I 100% know what you're talking about. Like yeah. I see a lot of stuff where it's like 
let me talk to you about why this movie is absolute garbage and why you're why this wrong. is like the worst thing ever and why <laughs> yeah and why anyone who likes it is stupid right like and that's that's the kind of thing that drives i'm right there with you it drives yeah. me absolutely crazy and i try very hard on this pod to be like look i didn't like this or i didn't care for this yeah but like Maybe you will the, the, like, <laughs> but maybe you will. Maybe there's something here that will connect. Um, the, I, I mean, when we were talking, when I was talking about luck last week, mm-hmm. I'm like, I was like, not really into that movie, but I could see where people could because like, I understand that there are people beyond myself. Um, right. <laughs> but, and I think what you said was like, it didn't connect with me. Yeah. It's like, that's the way to say it. Not like yeah. this is shit. Well, and there's <laughs> something of fired. like, that's like the internet. Um, yeah. You know, like the internet is just full of people setting things on fire. Like that's its whole jam. But it makes me sad because like that's our main venue now. I mean, like the the few the film critics that I follow, like I tend to see on like their respective websites. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, Which I don't know why that made me feel old just then. Like. But sure. Websites um, are. <laughs> yeah. I read text on their own website. I don't do the socials. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like one of those things that like. There are unequivocally bad movies. Sure. There are terrible movies that I love endlessly. And I know For they're sure. terrible. And like. Don't care. Like you as a film critic. Yeah. Like should be able to. Like allow a person to like something bad it's not a personal affront if someone disagrees with you there it is you know like and that's (laughs) that's the tough thing man i'm like there everyone has an experience with this stuff like we said at the top it's art like yes good and bad don't apply (laughs) yeah and the thing that i always fall back on when i see things like that is like it's this, it's the, like, this is terrible, and these people, like, are stupid and have no idea how to make a film. Yeah. You know, I see that a lot, too, where it's like, these guys, I don't know, they must be fucking stupid up there. Like, you know, they're putting out these crap movies over and over again. Like, you see the lot, now, there's a lot of discourse around this with the MCU right now of, like, yeah. Fucking, all the filmmakers from She-Hulk are like morons. They have no idea how to tell a story. Yeah. And I'm like, it's like <laughs> that's so offensive. Like, do you know how hard these people work on these shows and these movies? Yeah. Like, regardless of what the uh, outcome is. Right. Like, no one sets out to make something bad. Everyone's, they're all working as hard as they can. Right. You know. It's not, I don't know why this comes, but like, uh, ooh, this is going to be a deep cut. It's like Gus Van Zant in his scene from uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh my God. When they're making Goodwill Hunting 2 hunting season and he's just like oh my God. sitting in the back counting money. He's like, whatever, do take another, do another take. I think we got it in one. Fuck it, whatever. Like, yeah, that's not how that, like, that's, I feel like what a lot of people think when they think like, you know. I, I'm picking on them, but like what they think for uh, the filmmakers of She-Hulk, they're just like, ah, yeah, what, we don't have to like spend time developing these characters. Like, no, they probably like drowned over that script trying to figure out how yes. to do it. 
And I mean, like, people were probably had their hands in the mix yeah. trying to figure that shit out. Yeah. And it's like, and this is what we got. And like, that's, that's, I think the toughest part of being a critic is like, yeah. Treading that line of like, this didn't work because of what, like what, what parts didn't this work? It's not because it's like, yeah, they fucking suck. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm ranting over here. Bail, bail me out I gotta like ooh, so. no I am 100% on board um, and it's really like you said it's not just disrespectful to the filmmakers and the people who put their blood sweat and tears into making these things happen because I think it's like it's part of the whole job it's like people aren't gonna like it but it's really like attacking individual people's taste because you think that this movie and we'll go back to the sight and sound 100 movies i mean people were like why is portrait of a lady on fire and parasite and moonlight on this list like those movies have nothing to like raging bull and you know the 400 blows and it's like what are you talking about like yeah sure maybe in terms of i can't even say that i think all of those movies in get out included are so deeply important for representation and for what is happening. Like, Parasite won Best Picture at the fucking Oscars. Like, are we kidding? Moonlight won Best Picture at the Oscars. Like, these are movies that are so important and just to be like, well, it's not up to these, like, the standard of these and and then just attacking people's personal tastes. It's like, I feel like that is completely the opposite of the spirit of what filmmaking is. It's like, it's for anyone. Like... (laughs) 100%. And like, yeah, like that's like if you obsessively watch movies, obsessively and exclusively watch movies from 1975 to 1978. Yeah. You know, and then you take a movie from 2019 and try and judge it based on the criteria (laughs) from 1974 to 1978 or whatever dates I said four seconds ago. Yeah, sure. Like. (laughs) Yeah, like, of course that's not going to work. Right. You know, but if that's your taste, good for you. Like, wonderful. there are movies outside of that taste. Right. You know, like, I don't like horror movies. I don't think they're terrible. I'm not like, oh, God, another fucking, like, horror movie. Can we not (laughs) do this anymore? Yeah. Can the industry as a whole move away from this because I don't like it? Like, Right, right. No, I'm, people exist outside of me. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot know. of this, I think, is reactionary. Because I've been in that position, too, where I read a review and I'm like, you are flat out wrong. This happened a lot during the Don't Worry Darling conversation where I'm like, I want to say that you don't have good taste, but I'm also like, no, that's not true. Like, if you like this movie, that's great. There is no good or bad. Like, if you enjoyed this movie, then you enjoyed this movie. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. It doesn't affect me at all. Um but a lot of it's like people, it's always in reference to something else. Like, oh, everybody's giving Tar all this praise. I think Tar was garbage. I think this was bad about it. I think you're an idiot for liking it. And it's like, yeah. it's gotten so hostile and inflammatory that I'm like, can't we just have takes and not leave, and leave everyone else's takes yeah. out of it and just be like, this is what I thought of this picture. I thought this was bad. Yeah. Why do you have to go off on somebody for liking the thing that you didn't like? Who cares? Like, it really doesn't matter. And I think people just get so heated, especially over social media, especially over Twitter, where you can immediately type out something and the person can see it within one second and yeah. off to the races. Like, you don't have to like, okay, let me publish this article and then people will write letters in to me and we'll figure it out. It's like, <laughs> it's immediate. And I think a lot of these critics don't 
aren't thinking about it. They're like, oh, Banshees, it ain't shit. Like, whatever. Like, yeah. if you think this is good, then what's wrong with your taste? And it's like, dude, I just, we need to get away from this black and white mentality. You can rate a film one star, half star, zero star, that's fine. But just yeah. don't attack someone's taste or someone's filmmaking ability based off of that. Some of the worst filmmakers ever are still making movies. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. what you think, really, if it makes money. So, I don't know. It's just, we need to get away from this black and white movies are good or bad because it's just not, you can't yeah. grade things on a scale like that in for film. You just can't. Yeah. And it just makes me And the thing, the thing that kills me the most is when it's like, let me tell you why this is terrible. Right. Like, let me tell you why I hate this. Let me tell, like, where it's always so negative. I'm like, okay, yeah, like, why are you watching a movie yeah. looking for terrible things? Like, yeah, I, like, get to the end of a movie and, like, you know, I can get, be, look back and be like, well, okay, like, this that part of the script was kind of, uh, yeah. but, like, that's always something that I'm processing, unless it's, like, Fast 9, uh, well, sure. which... I mean, you know, there we go with our own preferences. But like for me, if it's like Fast Nine, where, you know, like I'm halfway through the movie, I'm going, what is going on? But a lot of the time, my reaction to a film is formulated at the end. Right. Where I like sit back and I process and it drives my wife crazy because I never want to just like go on to like another show or something after we watch a movie. Yeah. I always want to be like, oh, let's just like sit and think about it for a while. <laughs> Because that's where all my like knowledge base of it comes from. I'm like, oh, I really right. like that part. I didn't care for that. Oh, he was amazing. Oh, that was a terrible performance by that guy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that's where it all comes from. But like, why are you watching a movie looking for like, oh, that was terrible. Right. Oh, this, see, this completely implausible. Like that person would never do that. That's insane. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're both guilty of doing that, but at the same time, we're not out there trying to influence a million people to be like, this movie's shit and this person should stop working. And um, Well, and I think we have caveated a couple dozen times now that it's like, yeah, this is our, our opinions. Like, yeah, for I'm sure. going to shit on F9 all the time. But like, yeah. if you love F9, fuck yeah, go for it. Fantastic. Man. They'll be making more of them. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for you. Fast 10 coming. <laughs> Here we go. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things. We'll see more of this, and and I just hope that it doesn't influence people too much. I hope people don't take these words as like, yes, I should not see the Fablemans because this one yeah. person said that he didn't, he couldn't find himself in it. Like turning red is a big thing. We can leave it on this, but yeah. people saying like, I don't see myself in this, and I just didn't connect with it, and it's bad. And it's like that doesn't mean anything if you didn't yeah. connect with it. There are 8 billion people on this planet. Someone's going to connect with that movie. <laughs> I remember reviews of like, way to go, Pixar. You've never made a less relatable character. Or you've to never you. made like a yeah. more annoying character. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like if you put up, I don't remember the main character's name in Turning Red. Oh, um, I don't remember either. Um, this is it's worth looking up. Hold on. Yeah. I think it was like My Lee or something. Yeah, Miley. Miley. So if you put up like Miley versus, uh, oh, I should have come up with a second half of this this analogy. But if you put up her, her Andy against from Toy Story, Andy from Toy Story, or Woody from Toy Story, yeah. or like you know, um, Wally, or yeah. I, I can't think of Pixar movies right now. But like, it's a very different character, and like, yeah, 
just because it's not like what you've seen traditionally doesn't mean that there aren't people out there that are seeing this and are going, that's fucking amazing. That reminds me of me. Yes. And that's a generational thing too, to a degree, I feel. Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the guys that saw Toy Story when they were 10. Yeah. Are now like looking at this movie about hell? a 13 year old. I'll be like, I don't associate with this 13 year old. There's no white people here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I it, it's it's frustrating and we'll see more of it. I just, I hope that people don't take these words and I've been a victim of it too where I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. Adam Naiman thinks this movie is shit. I'm never going to watch this movie. And it's like, <laughs> make your own assumptions. You know, yeah. it's, it's not everything is going to be blanket statement. Um, Like I, I would talk to someone who was like, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's like a two-star movie and I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's a masterpiece, but okay. Um, so yeah yeah this is a, i feel like we've had three topics this episode that we could probably do as single episodes for sure because we could dive into the whole like oh like to what is the what is a critic's responsibility to like change your understanding of film and like, right. oh, like but like yeah but man like we could just keep talking about it because it's it's wildly complex and yeah. everyone's gonna have a different interpretation of it and like and there's thousands upon thousands of people doing it that's yes. where I think it's like it's so easy to be a film critic now that it's like, yeah, you don't even technically have to have both of us seen. are. Yeah, gonna, yeah. I mean, we talk level. about this stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, we haven't even seen like more than a third of the sight and sound top one hundred. Like, who are we to talk? Like, yeah. And if you're listening to us and you agree with us, that's great. But also make your own opinions about these things. Like, I, I try my hardest to be like, in my opinion, this didn't work for me. You know, there's yeah. some things that I've bashed, but it's like, I usually I'm like, it just check it out. The worst movies, movies I've seen, check it out because maybe you'll yeah. love it. So, and sometimes the worst movies ever are fantastic. Exactly. So it's all about how you approach. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, deep thoughts, deep thoughts, <laughs> important thoughts. Indeed. Um, but that'll do it for the episode here, guys. Uh, yeah. I feel like now on the tail end of this episode, we could have, uh, hit with a more appropriate like recommendation idea true guys let me tell you we come up with the order like right before we record so it's yeah you know things flow how they flow um, and we usually come up with the uh well i was gonna say we usually come up with the recommendations like a couple days before but that's so not true yeah all. it Usually's really depends morning of yeah <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's a, yeah i text you in the middle of the day like hey uh but this week, as we're rounding out the year, we're getting close to it. Um, we'll keep going with our, you know, str uh, movies that we enjoyed from 2022 because there's a lot of good ones. But this week, we're gonna highlight some movies that premiered on streaming. So streaming originals, whether or not that was like produced by them or distributed by them, anything that is technically a Hulu, Prime, Amazon, you know, Netflix original picture, um, which there are a lot of them and a lot of good ones, a lot of iffy ones. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Uh, I can go first. I feel like I've made you go first a bunch <laughs> okay. uh, on these the past <laughs> few episodes. Um, so mine, and <laughs> this is like the most hilariously inappropriate uh, compared to the entire conversation we've just, not inappropriate, but like hilarious counterpoint based on everything we, we've just said. But yeah. uh, my recommendation for this week is going to be the 2022 film Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yes. Yes. Made for Disney Plus, released on Disney Plus. Um, I loved this movie. 
I will say I brought baggage to it because I loved Chippendale when I was a kid. There you go. Um, but I I mean, I thought Andy Samberg and John Mulaney like had great chemistry A with each other and like great performances and the meta-ness of all of it, I think, really played into exactly what that would have had to have been because if you tried to make it like a genuine Rescue Rangers movie these days, it would feel like dated and yeah out of out of place. And I think yeah. this movie was very specifically directed towards me. Yeah. Who is like a fan that remembers watching Chippendale Rescue Rangers right. as a kid. <laughs> Like, there's no kids these days that are, like, watching this because of nostalgia or anything. Not that kids have nostalgia, but, like. No, but I get what you're saying. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, like, yeah, there's no there's no child fan base to Chippendale right now because it hasn't been on the air for 20 years. Right. Uh, I love this. I I think it was so well done. Um, I don't know. And, like, one of the more fun movies I've seen this year. I still haven't checked it out. I need to. I need to desperately again, like 97 minutes, man. I like oh, don't apparently yes. don't watch long movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's your quality. Like every You're recommendation. Like, ah. I was like 90 minutes, man. It's easy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying. I will say, I know off the top of my head, my uh, average movie length for the year is 113 minutes. Okay. So I want to try and, and knock some, wait, no 114 minutes. I want to try and knock some, uh, longer ones out at the end of the year try to get that back up to a nice even 120 like i feel like if i can Mm. be like two hours that's my average prime and i will say a lot of the movies that you haven't seen yet that came out this year that were in theaters are all over two hours (laughs) (laughs) whether it be i'm like i'm gonna put yeah i'm gonna put tar on there and i'm gonna be like yep there we go here we go Um, um but it does not feel like two and a half hours i'll tell you that um that's a good one. I need to still watch this. It's one that's been on my list. I, I was never a big Chippendales guy, but I don't sure. know if it's good. It's good. You know, I have no. It's I have fun. No I mean, that. it's it's Roger. It like clearly takes inspiration from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Love it. Kind of. Love it. Cool. All right. Uh, let's well, do this double feature. What's your recommendation, Josh? <laughs> Since you went with that, I've changed mine to Uh-oh. be like the absolute not perfect double feature uh it is a movie that premiered this year that actually like came out i believe tell your ride in 2021 but regardless it is a shutter original of course um (laughs) that i've talked about a little bit but uh it's a movie called mad god which is a Mm. stop motion animated film directed by phil tippett who is one of the like like lords of practical effects like he did a lot of work on jurassic park Mm -hmm. and i believe he worked on um like star wars and like so he's like one of those guys who really has a handle on this and this i will say is not a movie for everyone it is a really gross and pretty disturbing movie about like a character's basically descent into hell or what would Mm -hmm. be considered hell and it's the journey of him going down. And there's a lot of like allegories to like society and capitalism. And there's things that you can read into this movie, but you can also just sure. sit there and marvel at the technical achievement of what this guy did because this movie is unreal looking. This movie took like 30 years to make. 
Um, It was supposed to originally come out in, I believe, 2011, and it just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed, and now, I mean, you see the movie, and you're like, he's doing tracking shots, and like these wide, like moving shots, seamless stop motion, these massive sculptures and things moving in all different kinds of materials, and it is just disgusting and beautiful and like one of those movies that again i don't think everybody's gonna like connect with but if you have a fascination or even an appreciation for this style of filmmaking just check it out it is it is so viscerally incredible i don't know if you would like it but i would check out the trailer (laughs) it's because it's kind of non-linear like the story is whatever you know um but my god is it amazing it's like amazing i mean just i'm looking at the trailer right now like the animation on it just from this trailer is yeah. incredible it's amazing i've never seen anything quite like this um and of course phil Tippett, he's an absolute legend and i i worry about him seeing this movie where i'm like this guy's <laughs> clearly like had a lot of things worked up and he's <laughs> yeah. putting them all on the page and yep. it's you a okay, disturbing phil? page yeah. yeah you you good phil so um but yeah this is on shutter uh I would recommend it at least give it a shot and check it out because it is just like <laughs> jaw on the floor, beautiful, um, deranged <laughs> stop motion claymation animation. So, um, mad nice. God, it's a, it's a, it's a banger for sure. Um, so yeah, Two that's animated a, film. That's a d- <laughs> double feature for the ages. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so that'll do it guys. There it All is. Right. That's that an episode. For home. You. Yeah. Oof. That was deep. I feel yeah. like that's like a handful of things that we've been meaning to talk about for a while. Not so much, I guess, the sight and sound thing, but yeah. But <laughs> it led into further discussion, and it was there important. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, Josh, uh, tell me this: Where mm. can people find you on the internet? Ooh, well, people can find me on the internet on Twitter at Josh Fuller thirty three Fuller spelled with no e. I'm not as active on Twitter these days, but I'll, you can still find me there. You can find me for sure on both Instagram and Letterboxd at Josh J. Fuller. I'm very active on both of those platforms, so check me out there. And uh, nice. where can people find you, Willis? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, on kind of Twitter, uh, and on uh, Letterboxd. Very much so on Letterboxd these yes. days. Yes. Uh, I was able to import everything I've watched this this year. To Listener, it is uh, exciting. In, in one fell swoop. Yes. Um, very exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I was, but you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Letterbox at Willis Film. Uh, and if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram, on kind of Twitter. Um, yeah. We'll say on Instagram and Letterbox yeah. at Pixel Splitters, mm-hmm. uh, where you can find on Letterbox. Oh, I'm butchering this one. It's okay. On Letterbox, you can find all of our recommendations, including Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, and Mad God. Yes. <laughs> um, Double feature for the ages. Holy shit. I would not recommend watching those back to back. <laughs> Unless you're I can't like. can't even imagine. I mean. You know, sadomasochist. I feel like you'd have to watch Mad God first and then like. Decompress with Chippendales. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, although that might color Chippendales very specifically for you. I don't know. Anyway. True. Uh, yeah. And that'll be, that'll be it. That will um, be it. A oh, couple man. more episodes this year. Yeah, one more megapixels coming for you. That I feel like we keep promoing for no, like 
it's we keep coming. promoing at the end. It's coming and it's going to be just like, a, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm excited. It's going to be top it. tier, guys. Yeah. I'm excited. We're, it's for it. it's exciting. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a fun uh, episode. We're going to do our, our top five plus uh, mm-hmm. movies of the year. It'll be good. Be on the yeah. lookout. We'll prep you every week until we get there. <laughs> Which is like in like two weeks. I know. Jesus. Yeah. All right. All right. There we have it. Is that it? That's it. There we go. Yeah. End of pod. <laughs>